So, wait, what did that mean? How can I really do this? <laughs> what does that mean? Yeah, I'm just trying to understand. But how do I do that every day? Can you just help me understand this? So, what does that even mean? Hi, welcome to the Family Room Conversations. My name is Zach. I'm Gary. And we want to welcome you to this podcast video series. Um, if this is the first time you're finding us because you just saw you just saw an advertisement for this in the service this past week or the videos online, we want to welcome you here. Um, and we are so excited to get started. New sermon series. New series, yes. We're just building off of what we said in the first few weeks of January, February, and March. And uh, we're taking what we redefined as worship, fellowship, ministry, evangelism, discipleship and taking those ideas and making them now tangible because uh, again as I said at the beginning of the, se the message uh, series everyone's talking about America needs revival um, and I said America doesn't need revival it needs awakening mm. the church needs revival so we're tackling that topic of what does revival look like in the local church yeah I yeah. love that because it kind of turns the as I don't know there's always this kind of idea of like America is this nebulous thing that none of us are really a part of, but we all just kind of point out as everybody else and kind of turns that shifts the, the direction onto us. You know, what are we doing to participate in this and how can we do more to participate in the spiritual awakening and revival in the church? Right. And, and revival, as I said in the message is a, you know, if you're reviving, that means you're going back to life or going back to something. Mm -hmm. And so if you've never believed in Christ, you can't go back to him. And so I just want everyone to understand, but the church is where God's focus is because if the church would be the church it's supposed to be, our nation would be changed. It's yeah. pretty much that simple. Yeah, there's been a lot of times, specifically throughout this past year of pandemic and things, that I've, I've thought that exact mm -hmm. thing. Like, gosh, I wish the church was, was promoting this. I wish the church was helping uh, promote adoption. And, of course, there are tons of ways that there are, and I don't want to put those people down, but... right. Um, there's there's tons of I think political issues that we could say like man the church could be a, a great spot in that and yeah I, and I think it's more than anything is what we said in the series is is redefining revival to be woven into Jesus's definition of the greatest commandment the summer of the Old Testament where you know love God and love your neighbor love God and love people and you know defining revival revival is a church that's loving God more and loving people more. And uh, we're, we're anchoring down in that because right there in the, the middle part of Romans, actually the latter part of Romans, Romans 13 is where we are this week. Mm -hmm. uh, man, there's just some really good stuff about uh, the idea of, of loving, loving God and loving people. Yeah. yeah. Great. So as I understand it, we, uh, we had another question this week um, from one of our church members who asked about love. You made a comment in the sermon this week. Um, that trust is a requisite of love and that God, the relationship that Jesus points out in scripture between love and trust is kind of interrelated. And she asked, well, how can that be if God asks us to, for instance, love your enemies? Mm -hmm. Or what comes to mind for me is maybe an abusive relationship where sure. God has called, you know, that abused person maybe to love their abuser, but, but maybe not to trust them. So how does that work? How do those, how do we reconcile those two ideas? Well, again, you know, we're, we're limited in our English understanding of the word love because like I can, I can um, love chocolate. I can love our dog and love my wife and love our kids. And that's all different types of love. And my response to her was, um, we can only answer that by taking one more step and breaking the word love down into its four 
essential Greek New Testament definitions. Uh, and the first one is the committed part. And that's like you love your enemy in the sense that I'm committed to you because I want you to know my, my God, my Savior. And so that's, uh, that's a key thing. The brotherly love part, like Philadelphia, is the more the trust part. You know, you know like you're my friend, I trust you. The third one is more emotional. It's like an empathetic where my child falls down and, um, you know, I, I mean, I'm moved in my heart and soul to go help. That's the empathetic part. And then the fourth one is, is the, you know, the romantic, the fun love, uh, candlelight dinners, things like that. Um, so depending on which one you pick does affect your interpretation. So Sunday, what I was referring to definitely was that friendship component uh, that friendship requires trust. And so her response was, well, aren't there more elements to it? And then that's the reason that I gave her those other definitions of love. Because in an abusive relationship, you can't trust that person. You're probably not emotionally moved by that person unless you have a dependency issue. The romantic part's probably non-existent, but the loving of someone who is abusive in a healthy manner is very uh, committed, meaning um, it's there's boundaries here. I will love you, but I don't let you anywhere near me. And that that's a committed type of love. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but yeah. So I, I think that's important because as we talk about loving people, we need to know specifically, tangibly, what does this look like? If I'm going to love a neighbor, love whomever, we it's. I think it's very significant to know specifically what type of love is being asked of me, gotcha. you know? So uh, I guess maybe I would ask on a practical level, when we're reading through scripture and we're reading about love, what's a good way to figure out which love the writer is talking about? You know, what's a... Well, oftentimes, um, Zach, it's the context, because even in Greek language, and there's many books written on this, there'll be a word picked, and sometimes the word... Um, it's never arbitrary, meaning it's not just ra- you know randomly chosen. But at the same time, um, the context makes you understand the writer's intent of the use of the word they picked. And sometimes there might be a gop, you know, two two different words that are the same, and uh, you read that, but yet the interpretation goes in two different directions a little bit, mainly because of the context of what it's saying there. Gotcha. Of you know, um, like when Jesus restored Peter, and he said, Peter do you truly love me more than these? And then he said it again in a third time. And so uh, Jesus, Peter would respond, Jesus, you know I love you. And the words used there, you have to read in the context, and each has a different type of love. Hmm. Yeah. Gotcha. Well, I love that. That was a that, that's, that seems super helpful and seems like a new, I don't know, way forward in our study. Um, right. But that's exciting, and that's exciting about a new sermon series, a new kind of direction for mm-hmm. what we're talking about, what we're studying, um, while maintaining what is the purpose of the church. I, I, I love that. Yeah, and, and I think the thing for all of us we're asking as we move into the new day, new century, and some people are coming back to church, some are not, and you know, what is the church going to look like as we move ahead? I, I really think sometimes you have to go back to what I would call the irreducible minimum, if you can get back to the most fundamental thing taught in your belief idea or your belief system and just kind of linger there for a while, I think you find new direction and new ideas. And again, in our belief, again, when Jesus was asked, how do you sum up the Old Testament or, or his day, the law and the prophets? His words were, love the God, Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. 
And I think as we just linger there for a little while and allow God to lead us at that irreducible minimum, I think we'll understand what's required of us coming into this new, hopefully, real soon, post-pandemic era. Right. You know, so because we have to understand there's a lot of packed down grief. People, I mean, you know, we people miss somebody's funeral, missed a wedding, missed the birth of a child, missed the birth of a grandchild, right. all because of pandemic. Uh, people grieve the last year of they lost their job, their finances. I mean, there's just a lot of grief. So as we come out of it into the new year, I think loving people and meeting them right where they are in their grief, I really think that's going to be a very powerful moment for all of us that right now, I don't even think we fully understand in a year from now, we probably will more so, you know, I liken it to like after World War II when so many people didn't come home and you had young kids and parents and spouses grieving the loss of someone who died in the Pacific or Germany. And they really didn't know what they were thinking, but as they began to get into 1946, et cetera, there was amazing opportunities to reach into their life as they were just processing grief. Yeah. That's important. Oh, very much, yeah. very much. Because there's never a, a, a more powerful moment for us to step into someone's life and they really need the unbelievable, undeniable love of God uh, than when their heart just feels like it's ripped apart. Right. You know, yeah. And, and we've been put here as the church to participate in conveying that. Sure, yeah. just to meet them right there at their point of need and to love them and to communicate to them that... Um, God understands their pain because he watched his son die. He understands grief. Uh, and, and, you know, God just steps right into our issues and helps us in all that's going on. And so that God wants to help them now and would love them to come spend eternity with him. That's the ultimate desire. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's wonderful. Well, anything else you wanted to talk about the uh, the sermon or... Well, all I would say is uh, this upcoming Sundays is going to be, and the following Sundays as well, they're both going to be really interesting because we move away from the easy ones. Like Sunday, we talked about, you know, if I love someone, I can't commit adultery with them. Or if I love someone, I'm not going to hate them. If I love someone, I'm not going to steal from them. Or if I love them, I'm not going to covet. But the upcoming weeks are going to be more the gray areas. How do you love someone in areas where there might be disagreement? where you might not even agree what is right and what is wrong, how do you love in those situations? So we're going to unpack that. That's going to be a two-week, both from one angle and then from the other angle of it. And uh, so I'm really excited about it, but at the same time, I'm hoping people hear uh, the, the liberating truth that, that God conveys of, of dealing and loving with people, that even with whom you disagree. So, yeah. That's what I'm excited. Yeah, excited yeah me too. That's an important thing, especially right now. Sure. Uh, where we all disagree on several things. Oh, goodness. <laughs> lots and lots of things in today's world. Yeah, and if you can approach someone with whom you disagree in a loving way, I, I got to tell you, I think that's a, a rare jewel in today's world. Yeah, an important skill. Yeah, very much, very much. Well, we'd like to remind you this weekend is the first weekend of Date Night Live, right? Mm-hmm. So if you've already signed up for that, that's exciting. Yeah. Um, and we'd also like to encourage you, if you had any questions about this this past week's summer s- sermon, yeah. uh, or will have questions after the any other events that you see us in, or hear Gary speak in, or hear at the church, send them our way. Put them in the comments section of this video, or this podcast if you can, or send them in any of the contact information that we'll have in the description below this. Um, Anything else? Yeah, I mean, I'm just excited about all the comments I received this week from different people um, who said 
probably close out with this one. You know, they, their words were, I've never thought about revival as loving God and loving people more. And I said, well, I think it's something liberating for all of us. I'm looking forward to is there have kind of an exploratory mindset in the weeks to come to be open to some new, fresh, biblical truth of perhaps things they've never noticed before that have been there the whole time. Yep. Good deal. Well, thank you so much for joining us. We want to thank you again, and we'll see you next week. Beautiful. Take care. See you next week.